Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 190 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we begin our study this week of the Come Follow Me materials for July the 5th to July the 11th, covering Doctrine and Covenants Section 60, uh, 76. Um, and this is obviously one section we're looking at this week, but it is a big and important section. Uh, it was often referred to as the vision when it was first given uh, on the 16th of February, 1832. Uh, and it's because this is kind of the first vision that we have recorded um, in the scriptures chronologically. Um, the first vision that Joseph Smith had of God the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, uh, obviously happened before this, way before this in 1820. But it wasn't recorded on paper yet uh, until later on uh, this year in 1832 for the first time. Uh, and it was given uh, while in the upstairs bedroom of the John and Alice um, or Elsa Johnson home in Hiram, Ohio. Um, this is coming, um, according to Joseph Smith's history, um, quote, that in the stage that, quote, many important points touching the salvation of man have been taken from the Bible or lost before it was compiled. Included in these important points was information on what happens after death. This information led Joseph Smith to think that if God rewarded everyone according to the deeds done in the body, the term heaven must include more kingdoms than one, close quote. To give a bit of context about, you know, the, the thoughts on life after death at this time, um, many of the people that joined the church uh, were, were Protestants or people like that, uh, or, you know, different Christian denominations at least. Uh, and there was a prevailing view among the Christians at the time uh, that um, heaven and hell were two very binary things, that heaven is that kind of um, stereotypical place that we think of with clouds and harps and all these kind of things like that. And actually that heaven is probably for the more the select few than the, the, the many. And that hell is a place where you go if you aren't in that particular church, which basically includes a lot of people. And so... The majority of mankind were destined for hell uh, in a place of fire and brimstone with the devil and his angels and so on. Uh, and so this was obviously kind of uh, the, the stand view or the viewpoint at this time um, that um, Joseph Smith, Signoridan and all the others were living. Um, having said that, there were other Christian denominations, such as the Universalists, who kind of went the other way. Uh, it says in the Joseph Smith Papers analysis, quote, the Universalist Church, with which Joseph Smith's grandfather, Aziel Smith, had affiliated, proclaimed that Christ would temporarily punish sinners, but eventually redeem all people. Um, Emanuel Swedenborg, a, a Swedish scientist and mystic, posited in the mid-1700s that heaven consisted of three different levels, celestial, spiritual, and natural. Alexander Campbell, Rigdon's former associate of the Disciples of Christ, also wrote about three kingdoms, the kingdom of law, the kingdom of favour, and the kingdom of glory. Um, Campbell's kingdom of law and favour, however, could only be could be experienced during mortal life, and only the kingdom of glory was reserved for the afterlife. Um, in describing these three kingdoms, Campbell wrote that the first was entered through birth, the second through baptism, and the third through good works. So here we see kind of an, different understandings of what life was like after death. And, you know, way back when Joseph Smith first began this journey into a, into being a prophet, he had questions uh, and he wanted answers to these questions. And so at this point, he wants answers to the question of what happens, uh, you know, after after death. 
what happens when we be passed on by on through the veil and what is our ultimate de- destiny. This vision was um, unique for, for one given up to this point because it was Joseph Smith and Signe Rigdon that both experienced it. Uh, further, in the Joseph Smith paper's analysis, it says, quote, Neither Joseph Smith nor Rigdon described in detail how the vision occurred, only that they both saw it at the same time. The shared nature of the vision made it somewhat unusual. Although some experiences of angelic visitations had multiple participants, including John the Baptist to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery, and the appearance of an angel showing the gold plates to the three witnesses, most visions and revelations had been experienced by Joseph Smith alone. Philo Dibble, who claimed to have been with Joseph Smith and Rigdon in the Johnson home when the vision occurred, later recounted that Joseph Smith and Rigdon sat in the upstairs room where they conducted much of their work on the Bible revision with 12 other men. By turns, either Joseph Smith or Rigdon would ask, what do I see? And then relate the scene, after which the other reply, I see the same. There is no indication in Dibble's accounts that anyone was recording the vision as as it occurred. Instead, Dibble said there was not a sound or motion made by anyone in the room. Dibble recalled that neither Joseph nor Rigdon moved a joint or limb at the time I was there. Close quote. So many of you will have probably heard this background, and if not, that is a very interesting insight to the fact that these two men received this vision and would say, I see this and I see the same, I see this. And there was also 12 individuals in the room watching this unfold. And many of those individuals who, re- who would record this later on would share that they did not see anything that, that, that the men saw, but they felt the power of the spirits uh, in that room. They felt that something was indeed happening or being shown, um, hence why they were so you know insistent that they didn't move, for I'm, I'm sure they didn't want to um, disrupt the, the miraculous event that was taking place before them. Um, so I think that, that, that this kind of gives a, a good bit of background and context into these verses, uh, and suggests, um, you know, or, or outlines how these how this revelation was given, um, and indeed it is a miraculous and wonderful document. Um, the 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 understanding that we have from this vision is huge, and I think that, you know, when, when we're taught about the celestial, celestial, terrestrial, and celestial kingdoms, in if we grow up in primary. And we learn about the plan of salvation and how there these, there's these three kingdoms and we have a picture of a sun, a moon and stars. Uh, and every now and then perhaps we'll include the outer darkness in that description as well. Um, then, you know, we, we understand this, we, it makes sense to us and it's great. But for people who don't have this um, understanding or, or this, or this um, explanation given to them, it's a very unusual thing. And actually, for the people at the time, uh, it, it caused a, a, quite a few rifts. Um, in the Joseph Smith paper's analysis, it continues, quote, Reaction to the contents of the vision varied among individuals in, a, in the hiring community. Some, such as Lincoln Haskins, thought it contained great and marvellous things. Others struggled to reconcile its concepts of the afterlife with traditional notions of heaven and hell. It also became a target of criticism by outsiders, some of whom regarded it as both pompous and an attempt to embrace and teach universalism. A later Joseph Smith history stated that the vision transcended the knowledge of the afterlife available at the time, declaring that nothing could be more pleasing to the saint upon the order of the kingdom of the Lord than the light which burst forth upon the world through the vision. Um, and what we need to remember here is that, a uh, close quote, and this obviously is very understandable. In fact, Brigham Young 
was was recorded to have said later on about in around in the 1850s or so that he himself really struggled to reconcile his beliefs with this vision of the three kingdoms of glory. Um, but he did what we should do if we ever come across doctrines or trials or struggles in our lives that cause us to question our faith. He is a great example of this. He writes, and I'm going to paraphrase what he says, basically, but he said that he really wasn't sure what to think of it. He he didn't believe it at first. He He really questioned it. Um, however, he, he knew what he knew to be true. He knew the Book of Mormon was the word of God. He knew that Joseph Smith was a prophet and he knew that Christ was his savior. And so he pondered over it. He prayed over it. He took a lot of time, really, to, to understand how this was the case. But eventually he was reconciled to this doctrine. Um, and many people at the time really struggled uh, to accept it, as was said. And as it says here, one of the reasons for that is because it does divert very much so from the traditional view of heaven and hell. And sometimes that view of heaven and hell is is referred to or is taught in the scriptures, even the Book of Mormon. But I think what we need to understand here is that this is for those individuals that have this understanding and are ready for further light and knowledge. And what we're going to talk about how wonderful and beautiful this doctrine is through this week. And I think we need to sometimes shift our understanding as well about what these three kingdoms mean. Um, and I'll, I'm not going to go much into that today. I'm going to share that discussion for the week because we have a long, we have got a whole week to, to really unpick this. Um, but I think that once we understand this doctrine, we understand that it's one of the most compassionate and merciful doctrines that we have in the whole of the restoration, aside from obviously the, the atonement of our Savior Jesus Christ. Um, and so I hope you enjoyed that bit of background and context on this, and we'll move forward through the week, uh, through, the, the, through the actual revelation. Or the vision. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the study. Please follow the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me, and you can also email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Thank you for your time, and until we meet again. <laughs>